worry. This podcast will contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. Welcome, welcome. I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And that's right. You tuned into another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast, where we give you our very own reviews and takes of movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on with you, my guy? Man, just out here trying to live life, man. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure this thing out that we call life. But, man, you know, uh, I'm really excited to get into this pod, man, because if I'm not mistaken, I think this is only the second coat one that we've done before. We did the one on the ones where like, people thought that they was going to go, yeah. like aliens were going to go pick them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're changing their names, the weird shit, bro. Yeah, uh, Heaven's yeah. Gate. Heaven's Gate, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but now, nah, man, like these things, man, they could be mad fascinating. So uh, really looking forward to see what some of your points of view is going to be on this. But, uh, but how you feeling today? Everything good with you? Man, I'm feeling amazing, brother. I cannot complain. Um, living life, man, day by fucking day, bro. Yesterday was a was a super super busy day. You know what I'm saying? Today was a little bit slower, but you know what I'm saying. I ended up oversleeping. But uh, you know what I'm saying. Outside of that, everything been good, man. We back down in the fucking fifties again. Um, still waiting on that sunshine to pull through. Ah, oh, man, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Man, let me tell you, it, it dropped down here, man. Like the highest it's supposed to be this week is like, I mean, I know you would love to get this, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. we coming off of we coming off of every day of being 80, 85 last yeah. week. Now like the high is like 69 this week. Like it just we just got a 20 uh, degree yeah. drop. I, I take 69. We we had I told you we had that one eighty degree day, bro. And, that was like, yeah, all right. <clears throat> y'all ain't ready yet. Yeah, it's uh, it completely, it completely switched up here, man. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it'd be like that. Yes, sir. So, um, <laughs> this was a, a very interesting, um, not just a documentary, but a very interesting event in time. Um, only because it has a connection to another event which seemed as if it had way more publicity than this did. Mm-hmm. And after watching this documentary, and then I also was listening to um, the companion pod it had from, for Netflix, and I also found another podcast. Um, it was a, a BBC podcast that um pretty much had their version of it because there were people from other countries and stuff in in Waco as well and I didn't notice but basically the um the BBC uh pod pretty much was just talking about how um David is it Kesher Kosher uh Kinesh. Kinesh. David Kinesh. Yeah, David Kinesh had basically well, he was on a like a, a weird tour and he ended up in all these different countries talking about, you know, his preachings and stuff like that and his beliefs. 
And the people that had, you know what I'm saying, went to go listen, ended up coming to America and joining him uh, at the compound in Waco. And so for those who don't know what we're talking about, today we're doing um documentary uh, Waco, American Apocalypse, uh, American Apocalypse. Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's what, three? It's a three-part docuseries. Um, super interesting, man. I know you know a lot about this because, you know what I'm saying, you said you've done some research on them, and I'm sure you probably got like a 28 minutes or less on them because this is like right in your vein and, you know what I'm saying, the shit that you talk about for sure. So if you got like any bonus information or anything like that, you know what I'm saying, make sure you add that in for sure, bro. So um, I think that would be super helpful, you know what I'm saying, when we're talking about certain stuff in the doc and, and that type of stuff. So um, watching this docuseries, bro, you know what I'm saying, like where was your head at? What was you thinking? How did you feel? Because I don't remember. No, this is my first time really hearing about Waco. Like in depth, this is my first time hearing about Waco. Not my first time hearing about the incident, though. Um. Well, for me, it goes back a little further because I watched the... I can't remember which one I watched first, but I watched both. They did a TV series, a little mini TV series called Waco. Yeah. Um. Back in 2018, and it was a documentary that came out the same year. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched both of them. Very interesting watch when it comes to both. Now, this version is more of the DEA and the FBI story on their side and their version of the story. And the TV series was, you know, on the accounts of the people who made it out and things like that. Like they were just telling like stories about because there also was video. There's a lot of video that um that David Kanesh had you know had things recorded when it was in the compound and things like that because like he was a guy that wanted his word to be out so there was a lot of you know material that was recorded in there that they ended up sending out so they was able to make their version of what happened and then also the documentary you know was telling the whole thing of the you know the 51 day standoff but also at the same time it was more of the build-up of the things that was going on before they even got there like they was telling the story of how they was even able to get the guns that they got the amount of guns that they got the amount yeah. of ammo that they had all the type of shit like that like that shit tells all of that you yeah. know what I'm saying the shit that came out in 2018 and um and the other scenario that you brought up was um and this is something that they might have mentioned it then but I forgot but the fact that Timothy McVeigh showed up, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and he was out mm-hmm. there selling bumper stickers and anti-government shit, and we yeah. seen what he did two years later when it comes to the Oklahoma City bombing and shit, right? But sidetrack a little bit, but it still got to do with Waco. Something else that's that's very interesting about just that town of Waco is the fact of you know what I'm saying Baylor University is there, mm-hmm. and in 2003, 10 years after the shit, mm-hmm. there was a murder on the basketball team. Like, there was a documentary that came out. I forget what it was called. Yeah. 
But um, there was a basketball player that was murdered by his teammate. Um, it was a uh, Patrick Dennehy, I think his name was. He was the guy that got murdered. But the dude that shot him uh, was Carson Dixon, which he mm-hmm. was a teammate. And for so that to go down, you know what I'm saying? So that happens in 2019. No, excuse me. 1993, this whole shit happened that we're doing today. Yeah. Ten years yeah. later, you know what I'm saying? A college teammate murders his teammate. Mm-hmm. And then 2012 through 2016, the whole rape scandal shit that goes on at Baylor under Art Browse. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on in Waco, dude? It's like, yeah. Waco gets the most headlines for the most wildest shit, yo. Mm-hmm. Like, for a 51-day standoff with the government from a cult leader, 10 years later, a teammate gets murdered by his teammate, and then there's a, a rape scandal that goes on for four years, and they just kept sweeping the shit under the rug where these girls are telling these stories of how they got raped, getting raped by dudes on a football team. And they pretty much silencing the shit. Yeah, they just, you know what I mean? And that's why on the Dan Levitard show, like, uh, Stu guys do this thing called the weekend observations. You know what I'm saying? I love the weekend observations. And at the end, like, he always have a little thing, like, um, like, let's just be like, he'll say some shit like, uh, like, what the hell is going, like, uh, like, LeBron James scored 49 points last night. What the hell is going on? Speaking mm-hmm. of hell, say hi to Art Browse. Like, he do that every yeah. time. That's at the end. <laughs> so every time he does it. Anytime yeah. we say hell, he say say hi to Art Browse because that shit was so fucking crazy. What was going on down there? So I just bring that up to just give just a little bit more of a background of like there's just some wild shit that just happens in fucking Waco, dude. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to answer your question, that was very long winded. Um. This version was, um, I, I feel like the 2018 version was a little bit better because it's more, they go more in depth with the cult. Yeah. This is more of the FBI's and the DEA version of them having their negotiators, you know what I'm saying, negotiating. Then they brought this, this special ops dude, sniper guy, guy in and you know, when he was telling his version of the things that he had to deal with, they had news reporters speaking on this and shit like that. And I don't know if we should even get into Kathy right now. You know, Kathy is out here wilding in these streets. But um, but yeah, like this this version was good. Like I'm not gonna shoot it down. I I was more of a fan of the ones that came out in '18, but um. But I mean, I did learn a little bit more in this one. But overall, man, any anything that's dealing with with cults is always fascinating to me with the way that the human mind works when it comes to people that <clears throat> need a leader because they need to be able to follow somebody in this whole thing of of worshiping people. That's just something that I've never been cool with. It's something that I never like that never been my desire to be to to hold a person to this standard and get a belief that's so strong that I will set a compound on fire and kill myself 
and twenty of and twenty kids. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if there's something that I believe enough that strongly to do some shit like that. So go ahead, go ahead. I, you got it. No, I, I would say I, I definitely agree with you. And it's so crazy how um when we talk, you know what I'm saying? Like when we talk about cults and we're talking about all of these different um religious excuse me, these like super religious groups um throughout history. Like we mentioned guys like Jim Jones, we mentioned, you know what I'm saying, like all the guys in that in that in those lanes, you know what I'm saying, the Heaven's Gates cult and, and all the other different shits. Waco usually doesn't get brought up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's because um of the the whole situation in general like because with jim jones he went to another country and they committed yep. mass suicide with heaven's gate you know what i'm saying they all went to a house and ended up committing suicide so like they all went to a certain point and they all went through with it um what was interesting to know is um i was listening to the companion podcast for this and they were saying how, you know what I'm saying, one of the guys that ended up surviving, he believed that the only reason that Kessner um, ended up dying was because one of the people there decided to go ahead and just kill him. And they felt like he was actually going to do what Jim Jones tried to do, which was get everybody to commit suicide and then just bounce and get away with everything and look like the hero at the end of the day. Um, but we actually a little bit too far in. Let's go ahead and and, and just give a brief synopsis because for the people who don't know or the people who haven't seen this or even heard about this event at this point in time, because I know um, this is something that usually isn't talked about. Um, the situation at Waco basically was, um, it was a 51 day standoff and it was what, 1993? Three. Yeah. So in 1993, um, there was a standoff, um, between the, um, Branch Davidians, which was the religious group that David Kessner had pretty much, um, led and also, um, the ATF. And they had pretty much found out that the, the Branch Davidians had been stockpiling a bunch of ammunition, a bunch of weapons and everything else. And in the midst of all of this, there was someone who had seen, um, I guess, one of their stock trucks or whatever had dropped some grenades or like a, a pack of grenades or whatever, or, you know, so something to that effect. And they had called it in. The ATF was supposed to go raid the compound because they had a big, huge compound where everybody was living in. Um, And in the midst of raiding that compound, they were trying to find a way to to get in without being seen and heard. Of course, you know how uh, government agencies work. And what ended up happening was they sent two... Um, journalist there and one of the journalists had gotten confused so much so <laughs> where he asked a mailman how do you get in um <laughs> to the compound where is the entry to the compound 
and not knowing that the mailman is actually a citizen and a branch Davidian himself. And so he goes to tell David Kessler and um, he basically lets them know, hey, we got to get ready because they're coming to raid the compound. And in the midst of that, um, they decide to raid it anyway, even though, you know what I'm saying, they kind of got a hint that, um, because I believe they had an inside man and they had a hint that basically... um, the, that the they that they knew they were about to go through with the raid. They went through with the raid anyway. Um, from the way it looks, it looks like the ATF was the aggressor in this situation, and they basically got met with what they pretty much deemed to be, you know, what I'm saying a, a group of incompetent people. But what they ended up finding out was these people were a lot more ready um, than they thought they were, and. Uh, Pretty much it ended with just like as I said, the compound ended up catching fire. I believe they said it was 70 plus people who ended up dying, 73. 82. 82, 82 people ended up dying in total um in the compound. Eight, well, eight, yeah, 82 in the compound and four uh eight. I don't know if it was ATF or DEA agents. No, it was four, it was four ATF agents that died, ATF. but it was a lot more that ended up getting injured. Yes. Because it was some that got shot and everything else, too. So it was four that died. It was others that were injured. Um, and pretty much that was one of the like biggest moments in history because it was a 51-day standoff. Um, and also, this is the first time where um, the news reporters and, and news um, outlets were actually re- reporting live from, this, from the scenario on – um American turf. This has never been done before on American turf. We've never heard or seen anything like this before um Waco 1993. So that's pretty much, you know what I'm saying, the you know saying the basis of everything that's going on. Um what I find interesting though is the fact that they sent two journalists to pretty much map out the area so they would be able to raid it and ended up backfiring on them. And after seeing this, after hearing this and everything and realizing that, you know, things could have been a lot different, especially when um, they were in the midst of negotiations and um, Kessner was talking to the first dude, I think his name was Jim. They're talking to him. He was negotiating with him at first and he was saying like, yo, why did y'all sing all these dudes here, he was like, yeah, we just want to talk about everything and all that shit. He was like, yeah, you want to talk now because y'all getting y'all ass whooped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all getting fucked up out here. Of course, I would want to talk too if, you know what I'm saying? I thought I was just going to run through y'all shit and it didn't happen. He said, why did y'all just come through and talk to us to begin with? He said, we could have talked about it then. He was like, you, you came in and put all these people in danger for nothing. And what's interesting is in this documentary, when they go to talk about who shot first, you hear the dude from the ATF, his first thing is, was like, yeah, I heard a shot from their side. And it's like, bro, you know good and goddamn well they didn't shoot first, bro. You know good and damn well they didn't shoot first. Because even when the dude explained what was going on, he said um, that they went to the they went to go open the door to see something. Next thing you know, he said all you heard was just bullets flying and gunshots. 
I'm like, that's how you know somebody didn't shoot first because why would that be his description? And then when the dude from the ATF get to talking, is yeah, they shot first. So you don't even describe it. You don't talk about it or nothing. That's just sounded so suspicious to me. So basically, they put all of those people in danger when truthfully they could have just went up there and was like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what y'all got these guns and shit for. It's a, you know what I'm saying? It's a little weird. Y'all on our radar. Y'all gonna have to give some of these shits up. And I think that it might have been a little arguing or something, but eventually I think they would have went through with the shit and gave up some of them guns. Wow. So we disagree on two things. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think it makes more sense that they did shoot first, um, not, not the ATL. The reason I think that they shot first is for the simple fact of we heard David Kanesh talk about is their American right to have the bare arms and all this type shit and we can, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We can, Because the thing is like the way that a lot of those people thought was like the reason that they will stop howling because I think that they was preparing for this day to type, this type of thing to come because there's another Oh man, you know, I think it was that Heaven's Gate joint that we was watching mm-hmm. where there was a standoff there. No, that was you talking about the, with the Indian dude. You thinking of um our country. You know what? That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, wild wild country. Wild wild country, yeah. Yeah, wild wild country. And because like a lot of them know Yeah, like, we covered yeah. that too, didn't we? Uh well, I did Wild Wild Country on yeah. the Stolen Time Podcast okay. Uncle Washington. Right. And the thing about them is like they're all about that whole stand your ground shit. And mm-hmm. so when so when the dude, so when the reporter guy was like, yo, and he was talking to the mailman, mailman goes in there who actually lives in the compound, tells them and they already had, I think I don't remember who the guy that was undercover was actually with. I don't know if he was, I can't remember if he was CIA, FBI, AT. I don't remember what he was. I think he was DEA. So uh, he probably was DEA. So when he went out to tell them, like, yo, they know we're coming. I think that they looked at it more like, yo, we're going to protect our company. This is the whole reason why we stopped how this shit in the fucking first Uh place. Because they whole shit is really anti-government. They more of let us do our own fucking thing. And we quote unquote ain't bothering nobody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We got our own shit going on. Y'all come on our property fucking with us. And it could have either been a situation where somebody misfired or it just could have been a person like, yo, back the fuck up. And they shot yeah. first. Because this is my thing. And I I don't want to make it racy, but like a lot of those people were more like I feel like the way that the government kind of looked at them was like, yo, listen, this, what I'm about to say, this shit fucking matters. There's a ton of fucking white people in here. We don't yeah. want to go in here and just start blasting all these people. We know if this cult was full, see, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that they wanted to go in there gun blazing. I think that what they wanted to do was make a mass arrest in there. Even, mm-hmm. even if they would have, or I, and another thing, I don't think they ever would have gave up their guns. I mean, look how the country act now. I don't I mean, think they would have gave up all of them. I think they would have did something to where they worked something out. 
Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, see, I, I disagree because I, I think the way that people are now, because the whole thing about the gun laws for me, and I'm not trying to get all politics and stuff, but it's just like, yo, at the end of the day, I don't know why it's necessary to have automatic weapons. Like, I don't know why you need an AR-15 or AK-47 in your house. This is America. That's why. Like, it's, it's the dumbest shit ever. Like, oh, we want to protect our home. Okay, you can't protect your home with a thirty-eight or, you know what well, I mean? Okay, so... Nine. This is the this is the one thing that I'm I'm a little disappointed about with this documentary is they didn't dive deep enough into the fear aspect of the the branch Davidians. Um and this to me is usually the same thing with all cults, right? So the their belief was that the end of the world was coming. That was that was his whole thing. If you and and especially when you watch the little bit, excuse me, that they talked about, um, he was quoting from Revelations. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about the Bible and Revelations, that's they it talks a lot about the end of the world. It talks about um it talks about the seven pillars, it talks about, you know what I'm saying, the coming of the four horsemen, you know what I'm saying, like of the apocalypse and all that other stuff. And so that that was his teaching. His whole teaching thing was just being about the apocalypse. And that I thought that was super weird because like this is the first time that I've ever seen a cult based on the end of the world through the Bible. Not necessarily just, you know what I'm saying, they getting ready for the apocalypse type shit and you know shit like that, but his whole thing was remember he was talking about how he was the second coming of Jesus. And, you know, because he's the second coming of Jesus, people are going to disagree with him. And whatever he was, you know, what I'm saying teaching from revelations and everything is that, you know, they're going to say that that's not real. And they're going to say that it's all false and they were going to come for him. And the, the reason that they were stockpiling all those all that ammunition and everything else was to basically protect themselves in the apocalypse. Because they knew that if whatever, you know what I'm saying, they knew that whatever they were doing or they thought that whatever they were doing was the right thing. So when it was all said and done, they knew that all the evil was going to come for them to get them to, you know what I'm saying, turn away from God. And that's that was his, you know what I'm saying, that's pretty much like the basis of his teaching. And so when they when I was listening to these different pods and then, you know what I'm saying, just watching this too, what I noticed is that. Um, once you get into a person's belief system, you can get them to do anything and you can get them to go along with anything. And, and because he was, you know, he, because he dove into the fear factor of religion for these people, you started to see how these people kind of had, you know what I'm saying? Turn their faith to him. Cause even if you notice the way that they talk about him or little things that they said about him, when they mentioned like God, they weren't talking about God the way everybody else talks about God. They were calling basically him God. And you know what I'm saying? Like it was a little weird because like the Kathy chick, you know what I'm saying? You 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 brought this up though. But the Kathy chick was like, she was talking like she was still with the shit. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she was talking like this shit wasn't over. And I was sitting there watching the shit and I had to rewatch it when you had said it because I'm sitting there looking like, hold on. Like, yeah, she a little too into this shit. Like, is she still, you know what I mean? Like, she still got something going on? Because I don't know. She said she was talking like the shit wasn't over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I thought. <laughs> yeah, she said, I'm not a person. I'm yeah. a tool for God. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. And it was so, it was so fucking weird, bro. Because it's like, you know, you see, like, to me, you see, you know how I'm saying, how serious some people are with religion, right? Like, mm-hmm. some people don't play. And we know throughout history, like, people have died for their beliefs and for their religious beliefs, of course. And so you you kind of see how it's a little easy to, to get certain gullible people to join into these cults, to join into these groups, you know what I'm saying, to play on their beliefs especially their fears, you know what I'm saying, dealing with religion and everything else, because, you know, these are the type of people is like, bro, you don't want to go against God. Like, these people probably ain't cussing. These people probably ain't doing a whole bunch of different shit. And um, second part, the, the, the thing that I didn't like that they didn't get into was the fact of his pedophilia. And, you know, they talked a little bit about how he was basically, you know, w- once you joined the Davidians, how, you know, saying your wife pretty much became his wife. And then he was taking the, the daughters of his wives and marrying them as well. And then I remember they said the um, the Rachel chick, she was 14 when they got married. No, 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 no. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm thinking of Heather. Yes. Yeah. Right. So Rachel was 14 when they got married. So it's like you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it to me, a lot of times these cults are just like weird ass ways of these older dudes or just these weird dudes being able to do, you know what I'm saying, all this illegal shit with younger girls and you know what I'm saying, and women that they couldn't do, you know what I'm saying, in real life without this type of, you know what I'm saying, um propaganda floating around. This the wild part, though. Mm-hmm. Back to Kathy. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Kathy got, yo, something's going on up there yeah. because she's like the whole point that you said about Rachel, right, being 14. Mm-hmm. She was like, that's society telling you that that's too young. He was like, because the way we look at things, yeah. a 12-year-old is an adult. This is what Kathy said in no, 2000. Yeah, that that like, shit was crazy. I'm saying, like, yo, like, Kathy, like, like you said, it's like she's still there. I'm telling like, you, man. She she has not, her, and, her brain has not left that compound. It hasn't. And, and for you to have a belief to sit there and think that a 12-year-old, yo, I got a 15 and a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers ain't grown. You hear me? Like, you're not gonna. You're not Hell gonna no. tell me a twelve-year-old is considered an adult in her eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's able to to get these people in here and get them to believe in something, and it's something I I just I can't grasp it, dude. Like I I can't. For me, I am a person. Make it make sense. You yeah. can't. You can't tell me. You can't put me in a place 
and tell me that a 12-year-old is an adult and society is telling us that 18 is. It's like, well, there's a reason why they're saying that 18 is mm -hmm. because there are certain things that change when you're 18. A lot of the time, you stop growing when you're 18 yeah. for, the most, for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can join the army at 18. You can, your, your you know, brain is entering the developmental stage at that point, too. Exactly. So, yeah. there, there's a reason why they kind of say 18 is kind of the thing. There's there's scientific things that are there that is telling Absolutely. you that this is around the time, you know, what I'm saying you really hit that, that, you know, what I'm saying that, that peak or whatever, or whatnot. You're not going to tell me that's for a fucking 12 year old. And you know what's 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 also interesting, bro, is um the the similarities between these like quote unquote religious cultish leaders. Um and I just put the, I'm sorry, I should have put the air quotes on the, just the religious part, but these cult leaders, um, is that remember the the family that we covered in the um the one doc about the, the weird Mormon cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the the killers of the Mormons, the murder and the Mormon murder, something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, mur murder amongst the Mormons. I think that's yeah. what it was. Um, but it's it's the same thing. Like, remember, he branched off of whatever certain sect of Mormonism, and then he ended up creating his own system. Of beliefs or whatever and they did the same thing to where his son kind of seen what he was doing and his son ended up eventually taking over and doing the same thing um what was interesting about this is that Kessner was a seventh day of Venice before all of this and I think his name was something different too like uh I forgot what his real name was but I know I think it started with like a v or something like that but um you know, he, he ended up basically changing his whole thing and changing his name to David Kessner and all this other stuff off of those beliefs. And and because of that, he was able to focus just on, like I said, he was, he was focusing on that apocalypse aspect of religion. And I think that what's weird is some people kind of see the effects that it has. Like when you're sitting in these churches and you're sitting around all these people, Excuse me, and you get into talking to them and everything else, and you kind of see their mindset in this whole thing, and you you know you start to realize that, yo, there's that fear aspect is super super big. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's super super big, and you can if you can find a way to play on that in people's belief system and people's mindset, and you can really get them to do just about anything because there's no way. I joined this religion and I'm starting to, you know, listen to your teachings and I'm believing you. And then you tell me that, okay, my wife, she can still be my wife, but she's going to be your wife too. And there's nothing I can do with her, but you can do everything with her. Dude, to the point where like, even Kathy, that's something else. Kathy is, is a very used <clears throat> thing. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how they would have like these, like these Bible study type things. Where there's nothing yeah. but the women. And like they're basically competing to be the one that he takes into their bedroom that night. Yeah. 
And it's just like to sit back as a man to be like, yo, to know, all right, this only woman's meeting mm-hmm. that's going to happen with David and possibly let's just say I've been married to this woman for 10 years and we got two kids or whatever. I'm just fine with, you know, my wife going to this thing all of a sudden and then she don't come to bed tonight because she with him and I'm, I'm all good. Right. Like, to, to believe in something that strongly, like, no, I'm not, I'm not rolling. Like I'm not yeah, rolling because a little weird, bro. yeah, I'm looking at it more like, no, like, dude, you're using, we've seen the Bible and religion be used for things are to justify like we've seen it being used to justify slavery we've seen it be used to justify wars mm-hmm. like we you know they use the bible for jim crow like there's a lot of things that the bible religion be used for and also polygamy yep. you know what i'm saying even even when you look at the Catholics, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's something that me and Uncle Washington had did, you know what I'm saying? That's the whole thing about the keepers. And mm-hmm. even the keepers, not even just the keepers, like we did a spotlight on here. Like yeah. they're using religion to either sleep with young boys or to get girls to give them head and say that, you know, that my sperm is the is the sperm of God and you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. And, you telling us to young girls so they can get their dick stuck and they can bust them out. Like this, this shit is is is, is crazy. And mm-hmm. and you wonder why there's so many people who are exploring other things. And it's just like my whole thing is it's not that I'm really exploring other things. For me, it's just like I make it make sense. Yeah, I just I question everything. Like don't tell me one thing and then just say yo, this is what it is. And if I have a comeback for it, it'd be like, yo, well, this, this, and that. Like, give me a reasonable thing to why I can say, yo, that makes sense. And everything mm-hmm. I just said, none of this shit makes sense. So, right. no, you're, I'm not coming to your compound. You're not sleeping with my wife. My kids aren't all of a sudden your fucking kids, too. No, yeah. like... <clears throat> I, and you're not raising them to be your goddamn bride and all that weird shit. Like, yeah. to me, all of that is, 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 is so... I, I mean... It's so for me. It's weird, but it it also I, I'd be remiss to say that it doesn't interest me. Um, yeah. The same the same reason that you know Hitler interests me. The mm-hmm. the way that you can you know what I'm saying like get into a person's psyche so much to where they literally follow every word you say. They they lean on every word, you know, every breath. As if you are, you know what I'm saying? Like, basically, they treated him like he was God. And that, to me, is, that's a very interesting concept to to, to dive into one day. Um, so, moving forward, um, pretty much somebody calls in um, a tip about this group of people um, having these uh, weapons. And excuse me, a group of people having these weapons, the ATF gets a hold of it. They find out that it's pretty much, you know what I'm saying, the Burns Davidians, and then they compound and everything else. Um, they end up having the inside man. The inside man confirms that, yeah, they got a shitload of weapons. It's time to move in on them. 
Um, and this pretty much begins this whole situation in which we are in. Um, because they couldn't actually go in and because they don't know the layout of everything, what they ended up doing was sending out two journalists. And this is the interesting part about this. The journalist gets lost. Him and his dude get lost. He asks the mailman. The mailman pretty much finds out what's going on. This is the, the thing. The the it was a they said it was a lady who went on um one of the news channels and said pretty much that we found out how they kind of knew what ended up happening. Um I believe it was the David Mullaney dude who ended up getting um getting out of backlash. Or was it somebody else? Well, you talking about with the with the FBI or the no? It's it, about- the reporter dude. It was a reporter who who it was the reporter who told them who pretty much blabbermouthed what was going on because he was asking the the news. Uh, I mean the news dude, the um, mailman. How do you get in here? Because there's going to be a raid later, and because he said that. Yeah, yeah. That you know, what I'm saying that kind of gave them the information and it tipped them off. Um, and there was a report. There was another journalist who went on a news outlet and pretty much told everybody the reason that they knew what was going on was because of that that journalist who had pretty much told them what was going on. But she put it in the aspect of. He tipped them off that it was going on because he had something to do with the Davidians, which, you know, what I'm saying, of course, he didn't have anything to do with it. And it had kind of ruined his career and everything else. And it was crazy because he was like just getting he was just getting um, he was just getting his career started. And like he they had uh, interviewed him on the podcast part and he was saying how he had just got done talking to Tom Brokaw. And he was like, um, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I got a chance to interview him and everything else. And he was like, the next thing you know, he said, everything is going good. And she goes on, she talks about what she talks about. And now I'm literally put in a whole nother, um, he said he got put in a whole nother um, news group in Dallas just to lay low so people wouldn't have to ask questions and everything else. And I thought that was you know what I'm saying, something to kind of, you know what I'm saying, pick apart because with everything that had happened, you know what I'm saying, and them not expecting the the group, you know what I'm saying, the Davidians to, you know what I'm saying, be as prepared as they were, it's, it, it kind of backfired on the ATF. And it kind of backfired heavy. Because, yeah, they lost four people. They got more injured, but also they got put into a a 51-day standoff when I don't think that they knew exactly, you know what I'm saying, like what was in store. And and it's weird because it's like you see these situations where, like, the government will do something and then it ends up getting smacked in the mouth. And now it's just like, okay, let's regroup, but we about to make their life a living fucking hell. And then next thing you know, a fucking building is caught on fire. Yeah. And the one thing that they did do uh, towards the end of this uh, this TV series, well, this uh, docu-series, is the fact that they did take a lot of 
responsibility of like, yo, like we, we screwed up a lot. Yeah. And they did screw up a lot, but I think that look, I would never sit back here and just, you know, say like this is the thing. What's really tri- tricky for me is the fact of like what made this whole situation very, very difficult is the amount of children that was involved. Absolutely. Like it's very tough because usually I feel like if it was a situation where it was all adults in there, they would have been like, yo, fuck this shit. We gassing, we busting in, and we, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Whoever comes out, come out. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. But I think because they knew that it was so many children in there that they couldn't go in there gun blazing because they knew how bad it was going to look. So I think that something that David Kanish knew was I can use these kids to my advantage because Shit, I he know used everybody to his advantage. He, he really, he, yeah, he did use everybody, but, but the thing about David as, as crazy as we want to say that he is like, he wasn't a dumbass. You know what Not I'm saying? Like he knew that he really controlled this whole situation. It's why I say because of David and the kids is the reason why it lasted 51 days because they knew how bad it would look if they went in there and just for the government, I think the government, like they knew they took an L when it comes Mm -hmm. to it. But at the same time, like they don't want to seem fully responsible for the children of, of where the death of these children. So (coughs) David used that to his advantage to stall, hold them off and all Mm -hmm. that type of shit. Another thing that they, that the government fucked up with, is when Kathy came out. So yeah. when Kathy came out, they let her see her her uh, son or whatever, all this type shit. But as soon as they took the son away from her, they put handcuffs on her. The next thing you know, you see her walking in the goddamn orange jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. So now the other people who possibly would have came out, they're like, yo, why the fuck am I going to come out now? Like, we just yeah, saw Kathy fucking... Uh, yeah, that's not about to happen. That wasn't supposed to be released to the public, so they screwed up on a lot of things. And I, I think that if they didn't see Kathy necessarily get locked up like that, I think more. I don't think it would have been eighty-two casualties. I think that some more people would have came out, but they got the you know saying the image in their head of Kathy being locked up. And they're like, wait a minute. So y'all telling me as soon as I leave this place, I'm going to jail? Like, nah. Like, Mm because they felt that they wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. But also, to speak on what I was speaking on earlier, as far as, like, gun laws and shit like that, like, yo, they had 50 calibers in there, yo. Nigga, they they said they had over a a million pounds of ammunition, bro. Of ammunition. Like, dude, 50 cows can take down a jumbo jet, yo. Like, yeah, the reason... Yeah, the reason why they didn't use the tanks the way that they wanted to because a 50 cal can shoot through them motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. You telling me they were able to just fucking buy one. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these gun laws are so fucking crazy. Like, no one no one person should be able to just buy a 50 cal unless, even if, even if you have military trainer and you was in the military. There's no reason for you to be able to have it at your home. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, that's a to me, that's a this is where 
things get turned into a political aspect too. Yeah. This is a this is another thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way about this documentary was it was more so about that, right? It was more so about gun laws and and in this po- whole political aspect of um you know what I'm saying of of what what people should and shouldn't be able to do which to me is is the whole basis for everything that's going on which you know what I'm saying as you've seen down the line Timothy McVeigh, so on and so forth. It, I don't think that them having all those weapons made a difference. I think the true thing is, is that you had, and this is to me what I always say, you had this group of people, this large group of people who was following this one person. Mm-hmm. And anytime in history you see something like that, that person becomes a pariah in the eyes of the social power, right? And so even though, don't get me wrong, Kessner wasn't an angel by far. He definitely should have been, you know what I'm saying, eyes kept on him and everything else because of what he was doing with women and with young girls and, you know what I'm saying, with those people in general. I think that should have been the focus of, you know what I'm saying, those government agencies more so than the fact that this motherfucker just got a bunch of fucking guns. Because to me, <clears throat> it seemed as if, the you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, okay, it's cool to it's cool to marry a 14-year-old and it's cool to, you know what I'm saying, impregnate all these women and, you know what I'm saying, pretty much get all these women to become all your wives as long as, you know what I'm saying? You don't get no whole bunch of guns or you ain't dealing no drugs. You ain't doing nothing else. You can you can keep, you know what I'm saying, sleeping with these young girls. You can do all that all you want, but just don't get no fucking guns. You know what I'm saying? Just don't 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 be out here, you know what I'm saying, moving drugs or don't be, you know what I'm saying, getting alcohol or make sure you pay your taxes. Like to me, that the focus wasn't where the focus should have been. And I feel like with with Kessner he could have been went down if they went about it the right way. Because if you had a mole in there already and he was giving you information on everything, you had everything you needed to be able to move in and get him out of there. He was marrying 14 year old girls. But then you got to look at how things are being done in Utah. You know what I'm saying? With the Mormons and shit, it's the, like they're doing the same shit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And saying it is religion. And like the, the government tends to stay out of their way. I think that because with them, for the most case, other than that documentary <coughs> they did, mm-hmm. they're not violent. Right. Like they they really they they I mean same thing. They have their own I mean shit, but up until that point, neither was the Davidians. Yeah, they they wasn't, but I think that the reason I think that the ATF used that for a reason to go in there and to basically, I don't know if they was gonna like my thing is I don't know what their intention was. I don't know if they if they were because the thing about it is when it comes to the gun because of the way it was being written and all this type shit. Mm-hmm. It's like what what are y'all what are y'all gonna do? Y'all was gonna go in there and just what take the take the grenades. You know what I'm saying? Like they use that for an excuse to go in there because Absolutely. I think that that they're looking at it like, 
what do y'all plan on doing with this stuff? And see, because with Timothy Timothy McVeigh being what he was, being anti-government, mm-hmm. wild, wild country, same thing, anti-government. Mm-hmm. So what they want to do is they want to create their own government, have their own security, their own police, their own everything. So it's just like they you they did the same thing with, with Wild Wild Country. It was the same yeah. thing where like they they had they shit, they had their own government. They had their own yeah. banks, own doctors <clears throat> and everything. Yeah, they had their own so, police and all that. All that shit. So I think the government is looking at it like, nah, like we gotta come in here, and we gotta fuck this shit up. And see, and, that's the that's where everything gets fucked up, and that's where everything gets cloudy because you the government interferes in certain aspects. To me personally, where I feel like they should keep their fucking nose out of people's business. Now with the wild wild country thing, that's a little different. Them motherfuckers deserve to be surveyed, uh, surveyed and reconned and all that shit because they were just going in and taking shit from people. Like they yeah. was just moving in the shit. So, same thing with the Mormons when they went down to that city and they basically ran all them people out. So that, <clears throat> like, to gentrify a gentrified area is crazy. Um, <laughs> that that shit blew my fucking mind. But so, like, for shit like that, I I get it. The thing that I don't get about the Davidians is the fact that they never harmed anybody. It wasn't like they was doing a whole bunch of wild shit. They had a, a, a compound where they, they was doing their shit. Um, but the the government's focus was never on what they should have been focusing on. It was more so just on the fact that they, these motherfuckers just had all of these weapons. And, and just like you said, their whole thing is... What do they plan on doing with all these weapons? Why do they have all these weapons, bro? That they're not doing nothing though. The, but but what we don't know is what, like I said, <clears throat> I haven't seen the one in two thousand eighteen since then. So it's been mm-hmm. years. It's a little cloudy. Yeah, I don't know if the inside guy ended up telling them intel of like they was planning something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that part. But my whole thing is like I think what the government was looking at was now I'm not I'm not caping for them. Right. I'm right. just saying like I don't know if it was a situation where there was some intel that they was getting that they planned it. Like the plan was to do something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? With all with all of this weapon, like what do you need this much weaponry for? Like like something ha- because like I said. Timothy did the same thing. Like he planned this shit. He he planted a bomb, put that shit. And then the crazy part was this is what I didn't realize until I watched this part. I might have heard it before and forgot. But that government building that he blew up. Yeah, and, the director, the FBI director. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. in that building. Yeah, yeah, the same guy that handled you know what I'm saying, some of that shit in Waco mm-hmm. worked in Oklahoma City. Well, see, this so, is the thing though. If Waco never happens, Timothy McVeigh never does this. Or at least we could just let's just use that because uh, that motherfucker was they was they was crazy in them in themselves. But but I think because of the fact that you seen this and this is the thing, right? And this is I think this is what I kind of harped on too, and I kind of understood what where they were going with this whole thing. Is you see that government kind of imposes itself in situations where it shouldn't, especially when it comes to civilians. 
and they impose themselves for for no reason. And it's like, yeah, okay, you you got this guy who has this coat or whatever, and this coat is based on like the fear of the end of the world, the end of the you know what I'm saying, the end of everything, the apocalypse, so on and so forth. But then you have this government agency who's doing the same thing where it's about fear. Their whole thing is, why do they have all these weapons? What are they planning? What are they trying to do? What can, You know what I'm saying? They're looking at possibilities that's not even being pertained to. Like, these people don't give two fucks about nothing else. They they doing that shit to quote, well, they're saying they're doing it to protect themselves during the apocalypse. And whatever that means for them. You know what I'm saying? I could see if their whole thing was... When we get all these guns, we're gonna get together and we're gonna go out here and we're gonna teach these people the strength of God and we're gonna teach, we're gonna, we're gonna bring down the hand of God on these people. I can see if they was out here talking that way, but this motherfucker was just he was just hoarding hoes. He 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 was hoarding hoes. But <laughs> let, let me play devil's advocate real quick. Go ahead. So Charles Manson. Yeah. He had a a, a smaller quote uh following. Um, and the thing about Charles Manson was like it was something crazy. Like he was the first person to get like some of the charges that he got when he never physically murdered anybody. He convinced people to do it for him, right? So my thing is, <clears throat> could it have been a situation where they looked at him like a Charles Manson? And they was like the difference between him because, like, if I'm not mistaken, Charles Manson sent them people in there with knives, and it, it was just a random fucking house. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And they just went in there and they, and you know, like, basically said, you know, you know, God told me to kill y'all or whatever. I forget what the wording word was, but so the the it's a long winded question. But like, what if this could have been like a Charles Manson situation? But these motherfuckers ain't. Ain't rolling up on people with knives. They got fifty cows and all mm-hmm. types of shit like that. What What are your thoughts on that? Like putting the Charles Manson theory out there. I think if they used the Charles Manson theory, right, that's an excuse <clears throat> because government agencies, you know, what I'm saying like that they tend to look at tendencies. They tend to analyze everything. And by 1993, they had, they had enough um, development within those organizations to be able to see a certain group and know whether or not they're going to be a threat or not. Right. Mm -hmm. This group wasn't a threat. The only threat that it was was the fact that this motherfucker just had control of a bunch of people. We've seen this throughout history. You know, Jesus was, you know, he had a following too. And what did they do? They killed him. Martin Luther King had a following. What did they do? Kill him. You know what I'm saying? JFK, you know, he he had the minds of people. What did they do? They kill him. Um, so throughout history, when you become this person who has this attention and you have this um, you know, you you have this this hold on people, I feel like what ends up happening is they see that and they say, we cannot let this happen because this becomes, this not, this doesn't become a threat to society. 
this becomes a threat to power. And I feel like that's what this was. This was a threat to the power structure of, you know what I'm saying, America. Because, I mean, same thing with Jim Jones and, and all the rest of them. When, you, when you're able to move the masses, that takes away from the power of the, these um, government entities, right? You're seeing this with kind of with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a cult following. Yeah. And it don't matter what this motherfucker do. He said it himself. I go out there and shoot somebody in the middle of the street. These motherfuckers still going to vote for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We seeing it now. This motherfucker getting locked up. This motherfucker at UFC. He's standing up. They clapping for him. Like, we're seeing this happen and playing out day to day right now in, in real time. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying, off for the next election. You know what I mean? They they trying their best to get him locked up. But I wouldn't be surprised if that if that fails and then they be like, oh man, Donald Trump died, you know what I'm saying, two days before the election. Like I wouldn't be surprised at none of that shit. Um but this is this is the type of thing that the government has always done. They've always gotten rid of what they deem to be a um a threat to the power structure. Abraham Lincoln, and we can, I mean, we go down the list. Yeah, yeah, perfect example, uh, and I am not comparing <clears throat> them at all. Right. I'm just saying, but a perfect example, the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Black Panthers went out to hurt nobody. They was a nonviolent group, oh, but they carried that is, No, you are right. That is the perfect example. Yeah, like there was a nonviolent group, but they were willing to defend themselves if mm-hmm. needed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like their whole thing was you know, it started out with helping the people in their community. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? When it came to breakfast programs, when it came to uh, free clinics, when it came to, you know what I'm saying? All that type shit. But also... They were literally called the Black Panther Party for self-defense. Yeah, like self-defense. Like, we want to make sure if y'all pull a black man over that his rights don't get violated. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, our whole thing is like the government says we have the right to bear arms. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's what they did. When they marched on fucking Sacramento, they didn't break any laws because the one thing that they never tend to mention is when they went to when they went to the state capitol, they had their they rifle, but they wasn't loaded. Yeah. Because the way that the way that it was set up was you can carry this arm, you can carry it, but it can't be loaded. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they wasn't loaded. But they they give off this impression that they was out there doing something illegal and they they want to kill cops and stuff like that. Like all the situation where there were shootouts, the cops was the ones who always started the shit. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, <laughs> like yeah, now I'm not comparing them, but I'm just saying that this is a situation where the government intervenes, where you know what I'm saying they didn't want to see a rise of a black messiah, but in this case. They didn't want to see a rise of really of that type of messiah because I don't we don't the thing about David Kinesh is like I don't know if we ever gonna find out what his real intentions were. Yeah. Because I don't think the people that came out is willing to tell us we I think that we could get a, a snippet, you know what I'm saying, from the things that 
that Kathy was saying and some of the things that um I think my dude's name was David. Um mm-hmm. uh, uh Thibodeau. Yeah, David Thibodeau. Yeah. Like he, yeah, like he was giving some of the things that was happening there, but I don't think they're really telling us the real accounts of some of the some of the messaging that, that David was putting out there. So I think that that's something that we're never gonna know mm-hmm. what his intentions were because, like you said, they use the excuse of "yo, if there's gonna be an apocalypse, we're gonna be ready." But like, who the fuck are y'all fighting to to have that type of ammunition? Like, who is the enemy? There, there's a reason why you got it. Like for the Black Panthers, the way they looked at it, like the way that they was being treated by the police, that's who the quote-unquote enemy was. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They had the guns to protect themselves from the police. Who are y'all protecting y'allself from? Well, well, the way, because, you know what I'm saying, the cult thing is something that I really dive into. The apocalypse thing is something that I dive into a lot, too. And when you bring those two together, you kind of notice that the people that they're talking about is usually the people who don't share that belief system. Um, and in the midst of an apocalypse, you can kind of use your imagination a little bit. And, you know, you can just think that, you know, because they have the compound, they have everything else. And, you know, if, you know, when, when, when everything goes down and when everything goes bad, you can just imagine the type of people who may or may not want to take that, from them and that's just you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm assuming that's what would probably be their thought process and you can tell like you know maybe they thinking that we this is what we have to protect not only do we have to protect ourselves in this scenario but we have to protect what we have because you know what i'm saying this was given us by god and then you know what i'm saying this is we have the second coming of jesus and there's no telling what they'll try to do to him and once again it's that fear aspect you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? This whole thing was, we got to remember these whole things are based on fear. You know what I'm saying? Especially this, this is all fear. And so, you know, that's their whole thing is that their the whole teaching is based off of um, the seven, the seven pillars or the seven principles, you know what I'm saying? Of sin. And then, you know what I'm saying? You're talking about the, 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 four horsemen coming and all of this other shit. And so they're probably thinking that this is what's going to help them when that time comes. Um so I could I, I kind of get the, the weirdo shit that they was on, but at the same time, uh you know what I'm saying I, I also understand why the government was so focused on getting rid of them as well because you know what I'm saying they don't want any um they they don't want anything to go against what they're doing. They don't want anything to ruin the possibility of having the the power that they have, especially around the time in '93. Um, what's interesting though is the fact that you know what I'm saying we talked about it earlier. Is this is the first time we've seen media cover a situation as big as this, as if it's like. A, you know what I'm saying, how they would do in the war. They would send journalists over there and everything to cover the war. This was something that, that the media was covering on home turf. And this uh-huh. is the first time that this has happened on home turf in history. So much so to where you kind of got to look at it like 
this this made it more of a shit show than it was. You know what I'm saying? While guns was, you know what I'm saying, being fired, while they were basically shooting back and forth with each other, you have the media recording all of this and getting all of this. And they talked to, um, when they talked to one, I think it was David Maroney or Maloney or whatever, I forgot how you pronounce his last name or say his last name, but he was talking about how he, they had all the footage of everything that was going on. And remember when they was leaving, the the, the ATF yeah. officers were stopping them and asking them a whole bunch of fucking questions. And remember yeah. he said, like, I had to take the VHS tape out and put it in his in his jacket just so they wouldn't confiscate it because they knew that they fucked up. They knew that would whatever. And this is another reason why I said I believe that they shot first is because of the way that they were acting in this whole situation. They were damn near like close to interrogating these two about the footage that they had because the way that they went in and the way that they did everything, they pretty much created this whole situation. And that's why I said what I said earlier, because you, you cannot go into a situation like that without knowing what the and, and remember, even Kessner said it on the on the phone. He said, "Yo, y'all just came in here, guns blazing. Y'all don't know what we was doing. Y'all don't know what we got. Y'all don't know who else is in here. Like y'all don't need, y'all don't got no information. And you went in there blind and you put these people life on the line for no fucking reason when you didn't have to. Now four people are dead for nothing, and so are eighty two other people dead for nothing." And all of these people lost their lives because of pretty much a, a dick swinging contest. It's I, I get I get what you're saying, and the whole thing of of them interrogating oh dude to me, in my opinion, is more of like yeah, like we fucked up, mm-hmm. but we don't want nobody to see our fuck up. Absolutely, and that's the one thing about the government is like. Because they love to look like they are in control of everything. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why when it comes to the Vietnam War, like a lot of people look down upon them because we didn't quote unquote win that war. Absolutely. But at the same time, it was an unwinnable war from the fucking first place. It's a civil war. At some point, you got to leave. You didn't do the proper fucking reconnaissance. You can't, yeah. go, you can't go into a place. First and foremost, how do you go into a place or try to raid a place, you don't even know where the fucking entrance is. You don't know where the exits are. You don't know if they got tunnels. You like you don't yeah. know anything. Y'all are like, completely blind. Remember when they was talking about it, they were saying like once they start shooting, it was motherfuckers up in guard posts shooting at them. You didn't see the fucking guard posts. You didn't realize that these could be guard posts. Like what the fuck was y'all thinking to go into this situation with no fucking intel whatsoever? That's fucking to me. That's that's the wildest shit that I've ever heard, especially coming from the government. Because it's like, goddamn, like y'all just thought y'all was gonna infiltrate them and nothing was gonna happen. Y'all thought y'all was just gonna get the best of them on the sneak move. You didn't think that maybe, just maybe, these motherfuckers are crazy enough to because of all the shit that they had. Maybe they had minds out in that motherfucker. Y'all ain't think about none of that shit. Exactly. Like that. That, that, that was that, a, that was a total shit show. Yeah, because like they they rolled them tanks out there, and one of them tanks was off just fucking blowing up and shit. Exactly. Y'all had no idea what the hell was exactly. going on, what they was capable of. If y'all knew they had the type of guns that they had, <clears throat> to have fifty cows, to have 
grenades. How do y'all know they didn't? Like you brought up a great point. How you know they didn't have mines out there? Exactly. So, but you know, for just a couple of facts before we get out of here, like during that first when they tried to go in for the raid and the gun start, start the gunshot started going off. David got hit twice. He got hit yeah. in the hand and he got hit in the in like the stomach area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he started getting infected and shit. Like he knew that he was going to die. Yeah. His whole thing was I'm not dying alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he was getting his message out there too. Exactly. Like he kept telling them, like, yo, put my broadcast out there. Like mm-hmm. I, I want y'all to play this over the radio station because I want people to hear my word. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to give y'all any, you know, because he he was using kids as leverage. Like, I would yeah. give y'all, you know, some kids if y'all play my message over the radio. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So then he ended up doing the whole thing of, like, I think that when, when they were just like, fuck it, and we're going to, you know, shoot this gas in here, and we're going to do this whole thing, I think David saw because it did the battle ram jump in that joint in there where they knocked down like the door in like half of the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that he was like, yo, like it's over. In the way that that place burned, because they said that there was fires in four different spots and they yeah. could smell gasoline. Yeah. So they did it to themselves. They I, didn't. That's hard to believe, bro. But go ahead. I, I think they did. I, I understand oh, they did. Oh, I'm going to tell you why. Because I think that. I think that David convinced them we're, you know, in his eyes, like we're we're dying for the Lord, or, or we we're doing we're doing Lord, the, you know, what I'm saying God's work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and you I mean, and there was and there was no evidence to say that they didn't do it either. Like nobody denied that that happened as well. And see, and that's why I say, like in the in the in the ones that came out in 2018, like. Mm-hmm. There were things being showed of like gasoline being poured on yeah. the ground. Yeah. Well, through, throughout the you know the place or whatever whatnot, mm-hmm. and the way that it burnt and how the fire started in four different places mm-hmm. at the same time, and the way that it burnt, like it burnt like it was gasoline. Right. Like it burnt too fast and too thick, and then the explosion because of you know the, the place where all the guns was being stored, and that's why. The big ass explosion happened or whatever, whatnot. But I think that this was a situation where he was just like, yo, like we like we have a calling. And our calling is we're we're gonna all sit here and we're gonna all die together. I think David was like, yo, he knew, even though, like you said, did swinging contest and all that type of shit, he was like, yo, I'm not dying in this bitch alone. And mm-hmm. I, my name is going to live on forever. You know what I'm saying? Right. To the fact of like, I convinced all these people to do what I want them to do. And like yeah. for me to sit here and to put kids in your plan to where there are 20 kids who died that day, like that's that's fucking insane, dude. Like it's, it's 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 so crazy to get the most innocent people on this earth to 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 get them involved in 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 whatever your visions are, whatever you had planned. That, that that's just that was that was wild. It was it was definitely wild. But 
I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to give them all the credit in the world, but it it was a relief to sit back and hear people for the DEA or ATF or you know the FBI to be like, yo, like, you know, we're responsible. You know what I'm saying for you know for the way that this shit went down, like you know what I'm saying we we get we're gonna take some responsibility because like yeah a lot of this shit is y'all fault because my yeah. whole thing is if if I'm running this operation and the whole thing goes when the mailman goes in and say yo like they're coming the guy I had on, or we had on the inside come out and say yo they know you coming we're gonna serve this warrant another day or at least we're gonna try. I know you don't usually call people and tell them that you got a warrant to come in, but mm-hmm. to want to go in, because like the way that most of the times warrants are being sold, I mean, um, are being served, is there's a knock at the door. Yo, we got a search warrant and we're coming in. Yeah. Like for them to try to do it the way that they did it, it was it was a shit show. This shit. Th- that's why the t- like the TV series was so fucking good because it was just like a written TV show. Like mm-hmm. what what makes a TV show great? There's a plan that's laid out, like or either a bank robbery or Inception. Right, great example. You love Inception. Mm-hmm. They had a plan on how they wanted this shit to go. What happened as soon as they got there? A goddamn train came through the fucking middle of the street. Like right. it's chaos. This whole plan was chaos from the from beginning. The, yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. You see a man, man, and you tell him that y'all are serving a fucking warrant and he goes in and tells them that they that, like it started out as a shit show from the very fucking beginning. And that's what I don't want to call it entertaining. But like that's what makes it interesting, though, the fact of like that they still went in, and like you said, like this this is one of the they biggest. I mean, don't get me wrong, they 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 got a there's a lot of mistakes that that we can hold them responsible for. I mean, even mm-hmm. going, you know, what I'm saying going back to fucking you know Marcus Garvey, you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah. I mean, there there's a there's a lot of situations that could be used of where they fucked up at. You know what I'm saying? Like, even like you brought up Abe Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that that dude's beliefs. You know what I'm saying? To to uh to uh take him out in a fucking theater and shit. So it's I don't know, man. It's it's wild. I, I just don't see how people. But I think that. The, those gullible people, I think a lot of those people that there are just there's something missing in their life to where they need a void to fill it mm-hmm. to where they're able to go along with shit like this because a lot of strong minded people will kind of look at it similar to the way that we're looking at it like nah, like this shit you talking about I ain't with it so I think that those people, I think a lot of people, not even just in this country, but just all over the world where people are looking for something to believe in. And if a person is slick enough, they can get you to believe just about anything. And I honestly believe that they believed in him enough to where they knew 
that they wasn't making it out of there alive. So they were like, yo, we're going to prove a point. And that's why they went out the way they went out. But that's Absolutely. my opinion. Absolutely, man. You make, man, you make some great points. Very, very great points. Um, so let's let's go ahead and, and um, jump into the fire flames, bro. Let's do it. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. All right, man. Um, what are you giving this? Um, like I've been speaking on, man. The to me, the 2018 version is, is, is a lot better than this one. It's more on the conversation that we had. It wasn't really based on the government's part. It's more of the um, Davidian part. So I would give that one a higher rating than this one. I'm going to give this one. Um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not bad. Um, I'll give it I give it a 3.5 because I would give the 18 version like a 4 or mm-hmm. 4.5. But I'm only giving it this because, like, like it was more centered on the government, and it was it's a lot of he said, she said, going on there, and you know the one guy I don't know, man, he kind of kind of threw me off, man. The uh, the Chris guy, the guy that was the FBI, the sniper dude, yeah, how he's the one who could have ended the whole thing because I had to. Uh-huh. I had, I had it's always one of them, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's always yeah. one of them, man. I'm like, man. I had them, I had them right in my crosshairs. I could have just pulled the trigger, and this all would have been over in five minutes. Yeah, and like, man, and then like I'm sitting there, and then a bullet flies right through my head, like right past <laughs> my head. I heard the bullet whistle past me, and man, get the fuck out of here, man. Like that dude, he 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 kind of threw me off, man. So. Yeah. But now nah, I'm I'm gonna give this a three point five man. But I really suggest for people who are really interested in this shit, watch the version that came out of two thousand eighteen. That shit mm-hmm. was really really good. The TV the, the mini TV series was really good too. But um, but I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay, that's what's up, man. Um, I'm giving it a three, and the reason I'm giving it a three is because of certain aspects that they like I said they they didn't get into they didn't get into or they didn't deep dive into the, the pedophilia aspect of it which to me I thought was the most important thing um because when you in a situation like that and they you know you talk about cults and everything else this always seems to be the focal point of all the cult leaders is sleeping with hella women and then not only sleeping with hella women, but also sleeping with these young girls. And it's, it's something, it's something behind that. And and that's something that we have to pinpoint when we talking about these groups. Um, and, and also just the fact of how they didn't talk so much. So about how important the media played a part in all of this. They they focused on it a little bit, but it wasn't as much as they should have because I think that's what really made this situation um, as bad as it did. You know what I'm saying? With with the media playing the part that they played, and then not only that, you know what I'm saying? The the, the shit show it ended up becoming, and then you know to me I think this was more so of 
a point to move across politically. That's to me, that's where like the, the focus was about this whole thing. And it wasn't necessarily uh, the information about the incident itself. It was more so trying to um, push some some weird political agenda. Um, and I just and I gathered that not just from this documentary, but from the, the podcast companion as well, because they talked a lot about, you know, what I'm saying um, the Oklahoma City bomb and they even was talking about January 6th and shit like that. So, you know, they they really did a, a weird political twist on this. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a three, man. I would have liked to see um, more so about the, the information about, you know, what I'm saying the, the weird shit Keshner was doing and, and you know, what I'm saying and how the, the media kind of flubbed this one for the uh, <clears throat> for the government agencies. Um, and uh, now we're getting into uh, the coming soon. Coming soon to own on video and DVD. All right, man. So what do we have next? Man, it, this is just by coincidence, people. Like we did, um, like we set up our list, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. It's just by coincidence that this person last week just got a Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. Um, that we got, we got an appreciation episode on, you know what I'm saying? One of the great comedians turned actor, action star, if you want to throw that in there. Man, we got Martin Lawrence coming up. Yes, sir. Like I say, it's just by coincidence. Like, we did, like, we didn't plan this. We did not know he was about to get a Hollywood star, so congratulations on that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, we got the great Martin Lawrence. I know, I know you probably gonna, I know you're probably gonna zero in more on the whole comedy part, stand up part, because you are very, very huge into that field. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, getting into you know what I'm saying a guy like Martin Lawrence. Right. For sure, man. That's gonna um that's gonna be uh <laughs> that's gonna be a whirlwind, bro. Um, cause he's done so much, bro, in in such a long time, man. Like he he's really been uh on top for a, a long, long time. Um so yeah, I, I can't wait to dive into that one. But before we leave out of here, um we do have to say um rest in peace to Harry Belafonte who passed uh, yeah. earlier today. Um uh, icon, you know what I'm saying? Civil rights, um, from from civil rights to music to movies. Um, well, I mean, is at this point, what haven't this man done? Philanthropist, yeah. um, a ambassador, you know what I'm saying? Um, just everything. He is one of the people who helped fund the civil rights movement in the midst of um, what was probably, probably the hardest time in America. Um, He definitely was the person who stood, well, one of the people who had the back um, of the people and he went out and made sure that, you know, he, he did what he could even from marching to, you know what I'm saying, protests to um, 
making statements uh, on TV and um, in music and everything else, movies as well. Uh, he is also a um, a front runner for so many things that we see in movies and television as well. Um, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Harry Belafonte. Most definitely, man. Rest in peace to him. We spoke uh, a little bit about him when we did the uh, the documentary on Is That Black Enough for You? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was a huge part of that. He spoke on that. Um, you know, he talked about how, you know what I'm saying, he took countless years off because yeah. of, you know, he, he felt that some of the roles that he was being given, he didn't he didn't really like the subject matter mm-hmm. around those roles. So he took his prompt, like, you know, he, he pulled a uh, I mean, I know Muhammad Ali didn't do it voluntary, but right. you know what I'm saying? He took his prime off for what he believed in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then, you know, he tried to do, because at the time, you know, Westerns was doing really good, you know, him and Sidney um, Poitier yeah. got together and, and, and put out a Western film, and, and he was really disappointed that the people didn't show up for him. He was like, right. man, like, I've I've been fighting the rights of black people and we try to give y'all a, a, a black western film and y'all didn't come out and support he was hurt you seen yeah. it in the interview where he was just like y'all like i just literally you know what i'm saying spun the prime of my career out to you know for a cause and mm-hmm. i didn't get any appreciation for it so so definitely man um rest in peace to harriet belafonte um like you said man he was a pioneer man so, Absolutely, legend. Absolutely, legacy is definitely going to live on forever. Um, and um, listen, guys, if you enjoyed the, the Waco documentary, um, if you enjoy cults, or if you're looking to join the cult, um, can't really help you on that last one. But interested to know that you're <laughs> going to join one. Uh, hit us up on the social medias on Instagram and Twitter at View Anon Pod. You can also hit us up on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. Also, do not forget that we have our very own community on Twitter, Viewers Anonymous. Make sure you join in. Um, post all the movie and television stuff that you like, you want to talk about. Um, we just finished up with Snowfall, so that's been a major topic. So join in. Joining the conversation in there, man. Um, you know, you might see a movie that you like, you know, that you might want us to cover, or even just for that fact that you might want to have some friends watch with you, man. Throw that thing in there, tweet it in there, um, and we we are definitely sure to uh, converse with you back and forth. Um, yeah, and if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me at Scoots Bronson on Twitter. Um, I have a link tree in the bio. You can follow me everywhere else there. Uh, that's all I got. And for me, y'all can find me at Foster 8 on Instagram and on Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That's just on IG. Follow the podcast, 28 Minutes or Less. It's on all major platforms. Just dropped um, episode, was it 122, where I did mm-hmm. impactful and classic albums, man. Uh, I was continuing my 50-year anniversary of hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? You came on the first two episodes with me, so I just dropped yep. one solo where, you know what I'm saying, where I, I put out my favorite artists and who I felt had classic albums or how many classic albums that they had, 
you know, albums that impacted me when I was young that maybe wasn't a classic album, but, you know what I'm saying, there was some, some joints on there that impacted me. So, you know what I'm saying, that type of uh, conversation that I had. I think it's going to be interesting, though. You, I think if you hear some of the stuff that I felt was classic albums, it'd be interesting to hear your um, your opinion on that. Yeah, for sure, bro, for sure. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, until the next episode, we will see you then. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Um, your support, it definitely keeps us moving, definitely keeps us going. Until uh, then, though, like they said, Hollywood, that's a wrap. Good. Okay.